CP3. Welcome to Sports on the Hill Podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. Shot hits Anthony Mantha up in the chest. Georgiev has no idea where that puck is, and Ovechkin just buries it to the back of the center of the net. It pays to be as tall as Mantha is, I guess. Normal human hits it right in the face. Gets him in the chest and lays down perfectly for that guy. With a blocker. Actually goes under the arm blocker side but the play was made right there by kuznetsov jonesy understand where ovechkin was and he does the rest yeah and what a burst of speed deandre miller's a very good skating defenseman for the new york rangers and ovechkin just powers past him That's right. It's Monday night. Sports on the Hill podcast. True Radio Network. CP3 coming to you live from the lab. We got Anna K and Robbie G is making an appearance tonight for the <laughs> start of the NHL hockey season. You saw the highlight reel that I put together. Uh, the first uh, game of the season. Caps beat the Rangers 5-1. to one. We're going to break that down in our first uh official nhl segment i want to welcome anna k back you know it's always good to have her here to help break down these capitals in this new upcoming season so how you doing tonight anna i'm doing great it's so awesome to see you both 
Uh, this is this is awesome, and I'm so excited because I feel really, really good about how the Caps have started off the season. So I'm excited about a couple of the new players, and I'm excited about some of the bad players, too. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, going to be sure. interesting. I like the way they started out with that 5-1 victory, uh, tight defense, yep. um, good goaltending, and a solid offense. Robbie G, new... Uh, <laughs> New, new, new father uh, for the second time <laughs> around. Now yeah. he's officially uh, indoctrinating his parenthood, having two childrens now. Uh, so uh, yeah. how does it feel to uh, be in the new, the new parent hero world? Yeah, I've tied, I've tied what Anna has put into this world. So you know, yeah. um, um, welcome. Yes, exactly. And what of each too? So I'll, yes. I'll definitely uh, get your advice on that as. Uh, as the world turns, but it's fun. I mean, she's great. Um, she's starting to sleep a little more through the night, so I'm lucky. Uh, paternity leave has been amazing. I'm enjoying spending all my time with Zach, and um, you know, basically we go on adventures every afternoon to give Liz and her some time. And I'm very thankful that my mother-in-law Denise or G Mama, as uh, Zach calls her, um, is here, and it has been so helpful. And staying an extra three days, which makes this possible for me to jump on tonight. I know there's an extra set of hands if, if need be for Liz. Um, she leaves Thursday, so it'll be a, a tougher uh, road from then on. Uh, but I, I said I hoped she'd move in, but she has to go back to Texas. Uh, she's been here for, for about a month, so it's, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, there is time. And, uh, so yeah, it's it's all good. It's it's weird. It's uh, week four of my paternity leave. I forget what day of the week it is uh, many times, uh, but uh, I'm so thankful to have it. And I mean. So excited to see the uh, the start of the hockey season, and it was really incredible. This first game, uh, you know, I got to watch with Zach, and uh, my dad came over that night as well. So I got to watch with the person who got me into this team uh, and share it with the person I'm trying to get into this team now. And you know, he loves seeing anything with capitals, like hockey, hockey. You know? So uh, he has his own hockey stick and net, and you know, so it's it's cool to watch. Um, he does prefer football, uh, Carol, over uh, hockey so far to watch. Uh, so um, I mean, two for two, two for two. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm happy he likes both of them. And he's got a little hoop. And the other day, he was shooting off of the roller coaster into the hoop. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. So, um, so yeah. Exactly. We do soccer practice every Saturday, so that's good. Um, so trying to make him well-rounded in the sports world. And lately he's been watching tennis with me, so maybe uh, oh. I'll get into that as, as the next one. Uh, we go to our gym and we watch the people play tennis below while we eat our snacks. So he's super into that, too. So what other way to watch it? Exactly. Gold, <laughs> goldfish and tennis. It's a great combination. So, it is. It is. Um, Passing but, the time. But I'm so happy that hockey is back, and it's uh, just been a, a really uh, a great first two games, and I couldn't stay away. I had to talk about it. It was hard not to just go live right after um, uh, just uh, with such a great 5-1 uh, victory. But uh, it, it's, uh, it was good to see because there was a lot of uh, people leading up to that, uh, but it wasn't uh, as, uh, you know, what was to be expected. Um, you know, everyone thought it was going to be this, like, you know, this – battle where it's it just going to be a lot of fights and i'm happy we didn't get sucked into that and uh we ended up doing well uh but um anna why don't you break down the goals i'm gonna go get myself a, a drink of water you and carol will talk about it and then i'll give my thoughts on uh, this first game yeah no problem and i think just to lead into what robbie was saying um carol i don't know if you saw the game i think you might have uh but i will say that 
there's something to be said about uh you know a hype of ryan reeves and then it it just uh belly flopping not happening so it was <laughs> on my end i was like and it shows it shows a lot of maturity for tom wilson i'll just say that <laughs> I, I missed the first period I, I was at work i caught the uh, rest of the game from the second period on, I was expecting the same thing with all the talking all season. But as I've always said, they don't work, want that work from Wilson because, you know, he's good with the hands and he's trying to yep. play his game. But if you want to do that, you know, he's more than willing to do that. So, I mean, I, I was, I wasn't, I was expecting a little something, but I, you know, I wasn't expecting the whole line brawl like we saw last, uh, last <laughs> season, even though that was very entertaining. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so just to recap, back um, on Wednesday, it was our first game against the Rangers at home, and here we go with TJ Oshie getting the first Caps uh, goal on the scoreboard with the power play goal at 4:39, assisted by Ovi and and Kuzi, which to me is is uh, there's nothing better than to hear those two names together because. Because he definitely needed to prove himself, and this is a great way for him to start off. Uh, second period has Schultz scoring with a power play goal at 12:36, assisted by Ovi and Kuzi again. And then at 13:02, don't know if you had a chance to see this, but I will say, little heart explosion for Lapierre. There is just something awesome about this kid, and I will say he's a kid because he's 19. First NHL goal. Oh my God, assisted by Oshi and Sherry. And if you had a chance, which I'm sure you have, anybody out there to see the replay of, even though he kind of was crashed up against the boards, his smile, Oshi's reaction, and then the whole team coming together. Like, how could you not just uh, feed off of that energy right there? So good on him. And what a fantastic player to follow. I've got high hopes for LaPierre for sure. I want to I want to pause you real quickly there. Yeah. I, the moment was treated so differently in house, like the eruption, the craziness, and the like. The scenes I did it when I heard the radio call. Yeah. But if you heard, if you watch it live on TNT, and this is TNT's maiden voyage <laughs> game, you had a hockey player by the name of Wayne Gretzky talking through the entire thing, mm. and, <laughs> and, and two goals in a row for us, and so it created this very big division on Capitals forums. Half the people said. Shut up, Wayne. You can't talk through the goals. And I am on the camp. Talk through as many goals as you'd like, as long as they're Capitals goals. Exactly. Like, I mean, I don't. I get to hear Wayne Gretzky and watch Capitals goals. Like, you know. But we we didn't hear the same uh, energy that you do from the radio calls. So I hope that yeah. people go back and watch the video that the Caps actually put out, where they recap their first uh, game with their highly cinematic, um, you know, look to it. And uh, check that one out because uh, listening to it with uh, the, the the right call um, is obviously very different. But Carol, what were your thoughts on TNT uh, and the and the live broadcast and overall uh, th this goal? And then we can break down the other goals, sure. uh, uh, you know, going forward. I, I noticed it too. I, I knew it would probably you know get some Pats <laughs> fans upset that that he was talking over the goal. 
I watched it, you know, and I was like, uh, come on, Wayne, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How do they not let him know the director needs to get yeah, his ear? Like, no, no, don't, don't even wrap it up. <laughs> be, Wayne, hold on for a second. Let's go to the play-by-play, yeah. and we'll go I mean, back to you, it, right? Like, it's Wayne Gretzky. How are you going to tell the greatest <laughs> score of all time but, to shut up, but basically? He, but he's <laughs> on your team. Like, you're going to have to figure a way to do that if you're yeah, going to do gonna these things. But, uh, right? It was, yeah, it was yeah. definitely... Uh, <laughs> You know, interesting to see that go down. But I'm sure LaPierre, if he saw the feed, he would he would love that Wayne Gretzky was talking over his goal, his first NFL yeah. goal. So he'll probably of enjoy course. it. The fans will, you know, probably be upset because, you know, they wanted to hear the calls. Like you said, you can go check out the Caps live feed. I noticed it. I was like, I was like, come on, Wayne, shut up. I want to hear what say. <laughs> but it's Wayne Gretzky, so you still be like, okay, what's Wayne going to be talking about Ovi and breaking his record? I'm like, okay, we can let it. Now, as long as he's talking about Ovi. There's a level of respect about, for you. are yeah. like, I don't want to cut him off, but I kind of want to just be like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, and if he was talking about something else, and I'd be like, all right, shut up. But he's talking about Ovi breaking his record and stuff like that. So I'm like, Okay, I can let it pass when you're talking about Ovi, but anybody else, I'd have had a problem with it. 100%. I agree. But the goal itself, incredible, you know, on the ice. It reminded me of some of Vetchkin's early goals where he'd scored from, you know, his butt, you know, or sliding the ice or going in a crazy direction. Uh, But the pass, obviously, by TJ Oshie, uh, I mean... He's already one of my favorite capitals. We've talked about him so much on there. There's a reason I photoshopped it uh, in Anna's graphic that's, uh, I believe, down below me right now. Um, And uh, uh, so it's, uh, he's incredible. I love that he, you could put him on these lines and um, listening, reading, I read so many articles about this story from many different situations, but listening to um, this kid and how he trains, he loves being on a line with Oshi, and he stays late with him to try to mimic everything TJ Oshi does. Mm. And if we could get a center to mimic half the stuff that TJ Oshi does, and yeah. he's a first-round draft pick, I mean, we could have a solid player on our future right here. And um, so I'm excited about him. One thing that's interesting is uh, people probably don't realize this, entry-level contracts. And I hate to bring it up, but once he burns a certain number of days, the contract changes, right? And the days are 10. So, like, you have to be very careful. You can't just, like, people are like, oh, just play him the 10 games that Nicholas Backstrom's not here. That'll be great. That would actually screw us over pretty badly. So you're going to play him maybe four or five games here. You're going to play McMichael. You're going to play some of these, you know, uh, other, you know, players and prospects and stuff like that. Uh, I'm excited that he got a goal in his first NHL game, and his family was there. Um, And uh, they actually ended up staying an extra couple of days so they could go to the Tampa Bay game. And although he didn't score again, I I still think he he played pretty well. well. He was knocked off the puck a couple of times, but like overall still, um, I mean, they're the two-time defending champions. They're they're a much better team than New York. A lot of our players got knocked off the puck, not just a rookie. But we'll get into that. But uh, Carol, what were some of your thoughts on uh, this first ever career goal and the assist by uh, TJ Oshie? No, it was definitely a beautiful play with Oshie. Getting the puck at the blue line and uh, the fancy pass, <laughs> and uh, Lapierre just being in the right place at the right time. And with that pass, it was right on the tape, and you know lost his balance, went into the boards. And Oshi, you know, he was more uh, ecstatic for the rookie than uh, the rookie was. And uh, they played a snippet uh, before the game and saying, you know, talking about uh, Lapierre getting his first career start, and Oshi saying how you wanted to help him, you know, help him along. He would love to help put him in a position to, you know, be successful. 
and help us and try to get that first NHL goal and actually get it in your debut, uh, assisted by Oshi. You know, hey, that's a beautiful thing for a young guy. What he's nineteen years old, so yeah, it's nineteen. Nineteen. Uh. Nineteen. I wasn't uh, scoring goals in the NHL. I was, <laughs> I was doing some other things uh, that I probably wasn't supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. That's why I'm not running for government. Exactly. Uh, make you feel really old, real quickly, Carol. Man, he's the first. Ca- I, uh, he's the first. Day, ca- I know, but he's the first capital to be born in the 21st century. No. That's score mm. a goal for the capital. Mm. Think about that for a second. And, uh, and my favorite thing is the last time Ovechkin got a shorthanded goal to allude to what's about to happen, uh, this kid was about six or seven years old. But anyway, like, um, but go on and, and explain how this game, the game I thought really took off after this, uh, this goal. And then you haven't even broke down the other two goals yet. Yeah. I know. So like, cause now we're, we're going into the third or yeah, into the third period where it's now three, nothing, the capitals, which is uh, fantastic. And I think leading off with that, uh, or ending, I should say, uh, LaPierre and, and Sherry and, oh my God, like, we're just such a, like, it's such a high, such an adrenaline rush. And I wish I was really there live, but that's okay. I will pseudo take the TNT version of <laughs> this game. Uh, but we do have the captain scoring at 237 with a power play goal assisted by Mantha and Carlson. And then the Rangers score at 913. Uh, but here we go. Like you said before, Robbie, um, Ovi scores shorthanded goal 1201 and the Capitals win uh, 5-1. And I walked away with this game just just excited for everybody. There was not a negative for me, even even number nine, <laughs> even yeah. number nine. I will I believe. I, I love the new defensive pairings. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a too. second. Um, I want to talk about yeah. Mantha real fast. I'm so mad. I was looking everywhere for my Mantha uh, T-shirt that you know people can get on sports.thb.com. Right. Um, and uh, I love it. Uh, first of all, Zach loves it. He wears it all the time, which is great. I like manta rays, and I like three, and I like nine. That's so, um, and he has shown up in the preseason. I know we didn't really do a special to like talk about the season, uh, but he was crushing it. Won us some games in the preseason uh, with his play um, in a time where we hadn't been winning you know preseason games. And so I think that not that it means a lot to win a preseason game, but it's nice to you know to score and to have some good play at the end of it to try to draw on. Uh, to start a season in a positive uh, note, but uh, I love that he's such a big rig guy, you, yeah. you know, and he goes to the net and he is hard and he took a shot right off the chest and Ovechkin found that rebound and finished it. And that was incredible. And you need people to be gritty down low and to take a puck, whether it's blocking a puck or deflecting a puck or sometimes, I mean, that's the gritty, dirty stuff that like Mike Knubel used to do. And (laughs) yeah, and we need more of on this team. So for me, and, and, you know, I wish Verano well and it sucks that he got injured and, you know, but the short term returns, I'm happy you know, a lot of people had a lot of question marks about the Mantha Ray, uh, and I'm very happy um, with how he's doing. Uh, and, of course, Ovechkin's goal with the, the koozie, uh, setting it down ice, bouncing off the end boards right to uh, Ovechkin, perfectly passed. Um, yeah. um, it's really exciting. And when Nicholas Backstrom comes back to his team, uh, we'll have to make some tough decisions of where we're going to, you know, place people. 
which is a good thing to have. Uh, Carol, what were some of your thoughts on Ovechkin getting the fifth all-time uh, and uh, how he did it with those two goals? I mean, you, you know I'm a huge Ovi fan, and uh, he's just amazing, just the things that he does to continue, continue to do. And, uh, yeah, both of his goals, you know, first one, you know, going to the crash into the net, as Ovi does, you know, sometimes when they, you saw him switch up on the power play, you saw some variations and things uh, switching up with people always keying on Ovi. And uh, the Kuzi with the redirect off the boards, we always, you know, hear when they're on the road about, you know, how the home team you know, knows the boards and, you know, plays those pucks perfectly. And we used to see that a lot with this team. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, the indirect pass, it doesn't always have to be pinpoint accurate tape to tape. Sometimes just get it to an area and, you know, let your man, you know, beat the other player to the spot and make something happen. And that's what Ovi did. You know, even yeah. though he's an older gentleman, he still has those wheels and he still can skate with the best of them. And uh, he's just showing that, yeah, there's nothing that's holding him back or slowing him down, even though he's getting older and he got this five-year extension. And uh, we can tell by the way he started the season, he know we know what's on his mind. Yeah, and, and just to add on to that, I think that um, even though I wasn't a huge TNT fan <laughs> of them uh, doing the show, that's fine, whatever. Uh, but I will say when they mic'd up um, Ovi during this, during this um, game, I loved it because, you know, as we know, like you guys are football fans, I'm a football fan, and sometimes they make up players and you're like, okay, please, like you would never be this animated or this positive or <laughs> this whatever had you not had a microphone on you. Uh, there's that tad bit of embellishment or or whatever. Uh, but I feel like they they mic'd up Ovechkin and you can hear him kind of chirping with Reeves. Uh, but you can also hear him, you know, uh, how, how he talks to the other players, how he reacts when other players score. And, and, it, and it is 100% genuine, in my opinion. And I think that is such great leadership and sportsmanship and whatever you want to call it. And that's why, you know, he is the captain. So I respect that. Like his mic up was, was uh, in my opinion, I thought it was genuine for sure. Yeah, well, I thought it was amazing to get the insight, and um, there was a lot of amazing videos and uh, things that came out of that game. It was it was basically everything you wanted in a game. You know, we tried out these new defensive pairings. I think as much as I love you know Zidane Chara, uh, and I really like Dylan, I think going younger and a little bit faster, and we had these oh. players in the pipeline, and the problem was is like they just couldn't get ice time just because we didn't have the slots for them. So now right. the slots opened up, and you know we actually had these players last year. We couldn't really see what they could do, especially not with a Laviolette full off season. Um, and uh, you know Laviolette has been known to have a better second season with teams than first season, and actually right. bringing teams to the cup in the second season in some of these circumstances. So. Um, yeah, the window is short because Ovechkin's getting older, but like, I love how people have already passed the torch from him to like Matthews uh, and all these people. And I'm like, right. So that's why Ovechkin is in second place in goals already. Like, and I didn't even see Matthews in the top 10, but sure. Like, let's, let's pass the torch before the season even starts. Um, right. Uh, but I love that three goals in the first two games puts him at a hundred, uh, and I think it was 123 was the, um, you know, number of goals that he would score. Uh, so 
Um, I don't think he'll get that many this season, but it, it's nice to at least start off hot. And, you know, he, uh, one fun stat, you know, because Ovechkin breaks so many records, it's hard to keep track of them all. But he's second most all time in two goal games for your opener. So only Gordy Howe has had more two goal games to start a season. Than like Ovechkin. what a fantastic uh, right, yeah. duo so, right there. Right. So. Ovechkin has four now of those such games, and Gordy Howe has five. So for anyone interested in that, but like it's like that's crazy to me, right? Like, was, and Ovechkin didn't even start his first season, and his first game ever he had i believe two goals but it wasn't you know he came in the middle of that season it doesn't you know he didn't right. start game one so uh that doesn't count towards that but you know it's just all his first game of the season so in in some ways he's almost tied with 40 right so um yeah it's uh it's pretty incredible what we get to see and uh i obviously like you had a good defensive game you allowed the hits to be had because uh, yeah. that was what the rangers wanted to do and the Capitals beat them in a different way, right? They would usually beat them in that department. And they saw, hey, the Rangers are giving us speed, but taking away hitting from us. Let's beat them with speed. And they realized yeah. that and made the adjustment and won the game 5-1. And Ryan Reeves played a lot of time in the first couple of uh, periods, but not so much down the stretch. Right. Uh, and he may have got a lot of hits on his scorecard, but he got no points, which, you know, ultimately, you know. Which I think for the capital shows a a ton of maturity and a ton of, you know, like they're going to look at this uh, situation. If this was Tom Wilson five or six years ago, it, you know, he would have had, you know, 27 penalty minutes or something like totally ridiculous. Right. Yeah, he would have, he would have um, gone to town on them. Yeah, but I think that it shows the maturity. I think that it shows that, um, you know, their discipline. And that's huge. And that's a huge, uh, you know, kind of hats off to the coach. It's like, you know, Laviolette, like he's, I appreciate his coaching because he's going to come out there and say like, listen, if you're being a jerk or you're being an asshole or like on the highs or you're doing this, doing that, I'm going to bench you. It doesn't matter because I got somebody who wants to come up and, is uh half your age and just as fast and has the skills and and the drive um so i appreciate that and i think that i think that the players know that he's kind of a new joke uh so i think that you know i think everyone kind of hyped up the the ryan reeves um wilson thing and i think that you know reeves just kind of came out and was trying to do something and it, it just wasn't going to happen and it's like okay well, let's just close that door let, like i don't even want to focus on that guy right well and that's what's great i mean they kind of yeah. them up as they did all that work to get him I mean, you know? exactly I mean, to a traded team anyway so it's about, I mean, it's the beginning of the season. The Capitals didn't have nothing to gain by playing that game. That was all the Rangers this offseason talking that stuff. So, I mean, the Capitals know what they are, know who they are. They don't really, you know, feed into that. They're not even really built like that as a team. But if they have to get physical, they have the players that can do it. So, I mean, it was just up to the Capitals just playing their game and just have to learn that even when you have distractions like that and you have players like Reed that's going to try to instigate things and make things happen, which we've seen yep. uh, the Capitals sometimes feed into it because they don't get a call and they're, you know, chirp back or, or retaliate and get caught for the penalty. So, I mean, it was good to see them, you know, stay out of the penalty box for the most part. Uh, they gave up, you know, the one power play goal. That's the only thing that they were in the third period uh, that they gave up the goal. You know, Double V has had a couple of, a few instances where, 
he could have had a shutout, but they lost it in the third period, or late in the third period. So other than that, um, you know, it was a good game all around. Uh, you mentioned the youth movement. I was going to uh, definitely mention uh, Van Riemsdyk. I feel like he had a, a great game uh, playing with speed. Yeah, yeah uh, getting the puck, clearing the zone, making timely hits, good back pressure. I was, you know, like you mentioned with the players we had before that, you know, these young guys couldn't get on the ice, but now they're finally getting on the ice and can develop. And, you know, like I said, Lafayette scored his first goal. Brad Greensdyke had a, you know, good first game as a, you know, coming up as an season opener. So, uh, you know, Orloff had a decent game. So it's all about just growing and uh, adding the youth and uh, the feistiness, like you were talking about, Robbie, to the lineup like they did on the Stanley Cup run. And uh, you get that good mixture of veteran, uh, youth and, you know, hustle and, and want, and that's when you get that magic that happens in the postseason. So, uh, yeah, so definitely was a good start to the uh, season for the Capitals. Yeah, and I, what, a couple other things I wanted to point out is I, I thought the defensive pairings just overall, I think that they're able to overlap with skill sets in a really good way, where before we had, uh, you know, Chara, which, you, you know, is a long reach, but you have to account for he's slower, um, it's going to be interesting to see how we traded uh, down on size with getting rid of Dylan and Chara, but we traded up in youth and speed. So, yeah. you know, which is the way that the, the league is going. So I understand, you know, you only get six defensive slots. So changing two positions ends up changing a lot structurally of what you're going to do. And they've even changed, you know, who's teamed up with whom, right? It's not like it was even what it was last year right. uh, for the players that stayed uh, together. So I thought that was interesting. And one thing I want to ask Carol about was, Kuzi under the radar uh, had three points in in this first game. Uh, I know that there had been a lot of talk, you know, of trading him in the off season. Uh, I think that the message may have gotten to him. He, he at least looked good uh, in that game, and uh, the Kuzi of 2018, not the one that we've seen the last couple of seasons. Well, he definitely said he uh, wanted to have he had something to prove after you know the rehab and the season that he had last year. He had a good. They said he had a good off season. He came in serious and determined, and uh, I think we saw it on the ice. The way he was uh, skating, the dominance he showed with the puck. The you know the, I guess the, what he was missing last year was the word I'm looking for. The uh, it's like a spark, you know. Like it's, it's, yeah. like it's just, he had con yeah. like he had more confidence in himself. Looked like when he was out there. With yeah, the yeah, yeah. He looked like the Terminator. Like he's just gonna take care of business. <laughs> yeah. Versus being like scared and being knocked off the puck a yeah, little bit. He you know? had more confidence out there. You can tell from the way he was skating last year to this first game that he had more confidence in himself. And I believe we spoke about that last year with him. You know, going through the rehab and you know knocking off a uh, extracurricular uh, pharmaceuticals, we'll just say. And you know that that for a person for an athlete young athlete that you know that's probably been part of his regimen or his psyche or whatever and to take that out of his game out of his lifestyle you know getting clean and trying to you know fight that daily struggle to, you know for the addiction you know he was unsure of himself i think that he you know found found out some things last year you know going through the season and hopefully he's figured things out on a personal level and a professional level and we can see that koozie that we saw back in 2018. absolutely and and for me, I feel like, um, you know, you go from a, a koozie that so many fans put on a pedestal in 2018 and, and how fantastic he was and as a player uh, the whole season and, you know, in the playoffs. 
Uh, and then all of a sudden he, it was a big letdown. It was a big disappointment. And, and he definitely hit his rock bottom. And I was impressed with these last, uh, with the Rangers game and the Tampa Bay game. I think he is really out there to say to the fans, like, Hey, listen, I have, uh, matured and grown up and realized, you know, what I need to do. And I'm out here, uh, for the team. And I think that's, uh, that definitely has shown at least the last two games. Yeah, real quickly, I have, I have a scoring update. Ryan Tannehill is the man. He just did a great play fake. <laughs> it's supposed to be like, uh, it looked like a running play. It faked everybody, and he just had a really solid run from a you know, quarterback position uh, and uh, really, you know, escaped. Like a guy had him, and he just pushed through right to the line and uh, scored a touchdown. Uh, so they're up 17 to 13 now over the Bills. Wow. Uh, 423 uh, left in the in the first half. So I just wanted to give a little scoring update on that. But um, I was really happy with how this first game went. And I know that some people are really bummed how the second game went. But let's just get into the scoring of that. Uh, obviously, there's a, a goal that gets called back that ends up being kind of crucial. Um, so break down the, 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 the all the goals, and then we can talk about how this uh, game panned out. Uh, sure thing. So Saturday we played uh, Tampa Bay and there were no goals in the first. And then at the second period, uh, we have Ovechkin at 1851 uh, scoring assisted by TVR and Tom Wilson. Third period, um, Sergachev scores at 423 and that just basically tied it up. And that name alone, you're just kind of like, uh, <laughs> Newman, <laughs> like having like, one of those moments uh, going into overtime, and here we go with um, Sam Coast scoring at 4:45 in overtime. Uh, and I, I, I told Gil on our podcast before, like when you have those two names kind of going back to back, it's like you just uh, kind of have to chalk it up as like uh, they are just fantastic players. And then of course you have to consider who uh, was between the pipes, and Vasilevsky is is. He's just a phenomenal player, like you, like a phenomenal goalie. You just can't take that away from. Uh, I, th I think he might be the best goalie right now. I mean, uh, personally, yeah. you know, just there's yeah. a reason why they won back-to-back -back cups. You know, like yeah. I mean, ultimately the team is stacked, and maybe more so than should legally be able right. to have. But, <laughs> right. but whether you debate that or not, like they always the the constant through it all, no matter who is injured or all long-term injured reserve or him. whatever, it's yeah. him and. Uh, you can score all the goals that you want to score and have all the greatest goal scorers, but if you don't stop the ones from the other team, you're not going to yeah. win the championship. I mean, we won it because of Holtby. You know, not you know, to think about the save and how that changed you know the, the course of history uh, for the Capitals. And um, I think uh, both goaltenders played phenomenal. I know some people complained and said, oh, it's such a low-scoring game. And there were so many good scoring chances. Both teams played a phenomenal hockey. It looked like a late-season game more than, yeah. like, the second game of the season. Um, it's been a low-scoring game considering who, who the Capitals were playing against. I mean, it's like right. the roster and our roster, and and we have, you know. Either team makes a lot of mistakes. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and the other thing is, is we had our opportunity. We had a two-minute power play in overtime, yeah. and if you don't score in that, the likelihood of winning the game, you know, is drastically down. And they right. were able to kill it, and they have Steven Stamkos, you know, fresh on the ice, and it's hard to beat him, you know, three-on-three three in that situation. So for me, it's a coin flip game, right? You score yeah. on that power play, we win the game. Um, and uh, overall, I was pretty happy with that. Uh, I know that the question, there was a second OV potential goal, <laughs> 
Um, the blocker was over it. You couldn't see it cross the line. By the letter of the NHL rule, they made the right call because you didn't see white between the puck and the, the line. The sucky thing is, like, you can kind of assume that there was, but, you know, it's kind of a, a way around it where if you put the blocker over it, it kind of, like, disguises it, it right? It, didn't, it did not. But it was the way that the speed that it was traveling and the fastest he got his hand over it's no way the puck cleared the, uh, cleared the line over. So they can try to make as much controversy as they want. They replayed it. I looked at it over and over. At the speed that the as puck was, was creeping call. over the line, Vatsanevsky, yeah. he put his hand over before it even had a chance to get completely over the line. So it wasn't a goal. I don't know why folks put the conspiracy theory. It was a good save by Vasilevsky. It bounced off of him. He recovered, and it didn't go in. It, it, to me, the, the speed of the puck, the way it was drifting across the line and his reaction, it wouldn't have crawled. It, it, I don't think that. Yeah, it but it's just amazing, happen. right? I mean, to have that, that kind stuff. of, you know, it's uh, no other goalie, I don't think, in the league makes that save. No, uh, and, and I think it was like, uh, you know, uh, you watch it and it's like, it's like a hair. <laughs> it's like, it is just, but you have to watch his position before, right before it happens and how he reacts. And like, that to me is just, ultimate skill right there and kind of you just tap your hat to a team like that exactly like, you hope that you beat them the next time and, and you yeah. hope you know vanacek and samuel get there uh very very soon but you can't take that but i thought you know btech vanacek played a hell of a game yes, i mean you're not gonna you know, blame him for a sniper shot from someone like steven stamkos i mean <laughs> right. it's like someone trying to blame an ovechkin shot you know they're right in that in my, in my mind stamkos is right up there with ovechkin with a lethal shot and i mean look at you know how much damage he's done to the capitals over the years but um, yeah uh, you know, it's, uh, it's for me, you're not going to stop it. So I thought he played a, a great game. Although I would like to still see Sammy, I think in this next game, just because I think it's important that we don't go too many games without seeing him. Uh, so. I think, um, honestly, I think he'll, I think they'll ride Panacek for the next time game. And I think, uh, we will see Sammy in the first away game right against the devils. That... Yeah, that, that could make some sense. Carol, yeah. what are your thoughts on, on that? I'm good with Double V, man. I'm not, I told you I'm not sold on Sammy. Uh -huh. So, I mean, if uh, Double V continues to play, I give up two goals in two games, uh, you know, one of the overtime goals. But, uh, I mean, he's been playing solid. He's looked confident coming out of the season just like he did last year. I say, uh, you know, let it ride and see what he do. But, yeah, Sammy uh, probably, you know, will get the the next game on the road if he felt like going with Double V for, you know, three straight. I don't have a problem with that especially with the way that he started the season out, uh, the way he's played in goal. And then, yeah, yeah. yeah, Sammy get the next one, see what he looks like, you know, get his first start, maybe give him a start or two in a row just to, you know, get him a little warmed up and see what he looks like. Yeah, I just thought I'd give each goalie a home game. I feel bad that you're like, your first game is going to be on the road. That, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's, if it is, I forget if it's the Devils. I didn't even look ahead. But, um, yeah. uh, but uh, for, for me, it's like, the Colorado, I guess if that's your number one team and you think that Double V is your number one goalie going into the season, then and then I guess if that's the right decision. It's just funny because you put more money and more thought process into Sammy, so it's funny that Double V is then your number one A. Like I just don't know what the thought process is. Well, I think that yeah. honestly, I think the thought process is that Sammy's got to prove himself because after COVID and and everything, I think if people. Uh, lost a lot of um, 
I don't know if it's respect, but I, you know, it's like, come on. Like there was, there were certain situations that he could have avoided and he didn't. And then he gets, you know, and the COVID protocol kicks in. Um, we expected more and hope for more. And Vanacek stepped up and I think he was fantastic. And so I would say, play him, you know, Tuesday against uh, the Avalanche at home and then see what happens against Jersey because, you know, kind of new roster uh, mix up with that team. It's a way, um, I don't know, see what happens. Uh, that's, I mean, of course, nobody's asking <laughs> Nobody's asking me my opinion on the Capitals bench, but I would say uh, I would love to give um, VTech a chance to go up against the Avalanche because I think that's a hell of a team to watch for again this year. Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, so the the New Jersey Devils will play Seattle next, who got a win actually, and I thought their first game was kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, too. I was rooting for them. Uh, against Vegas, that was exciting, you know, comeback. And it's cool to see a 30-second team now in the NHL again. Right. Um, uh, or, or for the first time, an even number, you know, uh, it's been a while. You know, it's been four years, I guess, since, um, you know, Vegas, four or five years. So, um, but yeah, it, it's going to be, the Devils did beat Chicago. Um, Flurry has been having uh, some trouble uh, there. Uh, so that, that'll be interesting. I, I, I do think they also play the Calgary Flames on Saturday. That yep. game's back at home. It's a one o'clock game. And then they also play at Ottawa on Monday. So next week when you guys are on, uh, you're going to be on at the uh, tail end of, uh, that Ottawa game. Uh, so right. that'll be interesting. Um, I may, if I get Zach down, uh, tune in to watch you guys, uh, see the end of that game. Uh, but, uh, uh, it's going to be an interesting stretch here. I mean, Colorado is the odds on favorite by most people to win the Stanley cup. Yeah. Uh, but here's, what's kind of a funny stat about that. One of the top odds choices going into this year was also the New York Rangers. So like, clearly like Vegas doesn't nothing. like this stuff means nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like they had the Rangers obviously doing better than they, they clearly are. So I don't know. Um, like for me, it's, it's like, honestly, we're uh, two of 82 games <laughs> in. So who the well, hell? Also, I'm curious how the Avalanche yeah. would do in the end without group hour. I mean, he was a yeah. big part of their success last season. Absolutely. And, um, you know, he became a free agent in Seattle, took him. And thankfully, because without that move, we couldn't have gotten Vitek Vanacek back for a steal, which exactly. he basically got for flipping, you know, Dylan, which is the person <laughs> we wanted Seattle to take in the first place. So uh, I don't, and we got an extra draft pick out of that. So I don't know how the GM was able to do all of that, but I'm so thankful uh, that Groovy went there and we were able to get double V back because as Carol says, he's currently Carol's favorite goalie of the two. So I'm happy <laughs> about that. So Carol, real quick, your thoughts on Colorado, Jersey, Calgary, and Ottawa. It's an interesting week ahead. Yeah, it's definitely uh, some quality competition that the Capitals are going to face. Like you said, Colorado is a uh, you know, so-called favorite for the Stanley Cup. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Caps stack up against, you know, one of the teams that's supposed to be, you know, on that verge of, you know, breaking through. And um, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be a fast game because we know Colorado's all about their speed and uh, offense like the Capitals used to be. Uh, the Devils, they have uh, been playing some decent hockey to start the season. Uh, they've been uh, scoring some goals. I haven't got a chance to take a close look at them. 
Excuse me. Yeah, Devils were cr- crushing it in preseason. Like some of their fans got super psyched about that. I was like, I don't even know what that means. But if they, I'm, you know, I can't believe that you're going to pin your hopes. They were like, we're going to be better than the Rangers this season because we're having an amazing yeah. preseason. I was like, I don't know about that. Not but, so much. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. But anyway, I mean, they did. They did win their first game where the Rangers yeah. lost. So you know, that, that's something. But yeah, anyway, but uh, Carol, what are your thoughts on uh, Ottawa? Uh, Ottawa. I thought it was a Calgary they played. I thought it was. A no, Cal- Cal- sorry, it's Calgary on Saturday and then Ottawa, Ottawa Monday, on Monday. Yeah, Calgary. You know they're going to be uh, here, so you know we know how fast the ice is up in Calgary. So I think uh, now here's going to be another physical game in the first three. I mean, uh, this week they should uh, win at least two out of three. I'm saying I, I definitely can't wait to see the Colorado game tomorrow, and uh, Ottawa. Uh, I haven't had a chance to get a close look at them and see what moves they made in all season, but they're always a solid defensive team, always have uh, good goaltending, and uh, they just have some issues with scoring every now and again. So I have to check them out to see what they're looking like this year. I haven't had a so Ottawa's won two games. They've beaten Dallas, and I believe Braden Holpe was in yeah. – uh, oh, no, it was, uh, Holpe got hurt, I think, in the other game, so he didn't play in that one. Uh, so they were able to beat Dallas with um, – uh, their backup goalie. Uh, they were able to beat Toronto in the opening night, but they also lost to Toronto um, two days later. So they're right now uh, two and one, and they'll play San Jose and then the Rangers before they play the Capitals. So no, Ottawa report, I guess. Um, <laughs> but um, um, yeah, it'll be fun that you guys get to talk about a live game again because uh, we used to do it earlier, and so it's like the, when the game starts. But now it'll line up with uh, the more exciting part of the game. We'll see you guys stress it out while you talk about the other <laughs> uh, games. But uh, Anna, thank you so much uh, for all the kind words and stuff. And I um, I haven't gotten a chance to hear the Power Play Point podcast, but I I do appreciate the kind words that you said uh, during that. It's been hard to hear any of the other podcasts with having a, a newborn baby, but. Uh, I, I relate. I, I appreciate you and Gil. And um, uh, again, if anyone goes sportsothp.com, uh, click the podcast partners button uh, and you can uh, get the PowerPlay Point podcast there and you can find Anna Knox on all social medias. We always tag her in this stuff as well. <laughs> but Anna, any uh, Anna final thoughts before we let you go? No, I'm, I'm just, I was excited to see you guys both and many, many congratulations to you and Liz and Zach. That's very exciting. Uh, we look forward to hearing about uh, fraternity leave and uh, Carol, you and I have three games plus a fourth game live next week and I will be so ready for it. I'm excited to see what you guys do. <laughs> I, it'll, um, it'll be weird to not be a part of Hockey Talk, but I had to be a part of this first one. Yes, just did. You know, it was such a, a great way to start the season, and I know you guys are going to kill it. And uh, when I come back in January, uh, I actually have fun news. I'm going to be going to a game. So I'm thinking oh. during one of these uh, the games, this is just uh, inside baseball. I haven't even talked to Carol about this. <laughs> I might bring uh, go Zoom, uh, join the Zoom, see if it even works. Uh, from the arena and just even mute it, and you can just like watch some sights and sounds, or get you know give some you know audio feedback, wear an AirPod maybe to hear you guys. Uh, but uh, it could be kind of fun. Uh, it's against the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, and I'm going with a group of Capitals fans, including okay. ones from across the pond, uh, who are joining us. Uh, so yeah, so it will be a fun, uh, crazy time with Caps fans. So maybe I can jump into the chat remotely and be a correspondent <laughs> or something 
in in January. That's gonna be like middle to end of January. But I'll You'll be back. You'll definitely need to get a Grant Green sound bite. Yes, exactly. So, um, but that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, I'll be back a couple of weeks before that uh, to start yeah. January once I'm uh, back from winter break and paternity leave. But thank you guys so much for you know, doing all the hockey coverage. I really appreciate it. And uh, um, I'm going to stay on with Carol. Uh, but any final things, Anna, before we let you go? No, look forward to st- Carol. I'll see you next week. I won't let you guys down. I promise. No, you're good. <laughs> And we'll talk. Yeah. So take care. Take oh, give that baby some snuggles. And I will. Uh, and Carol, I'll see you a week from today. All right. See you next week. Appreciate you coming on. All right. Take care. All right. I'm about to go ahead and get into the football talk. I know Brian Brennan's already waiting in the wings. I know Robbie said he'll stick on for a little while. So I'm gonna go ahead and play the highlight reel. From I, 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 I'm just. I'm just going to do like a quick, because I said I was going to be done before 10. So my, my thoughts are going to be quick. So maybe I, I give my thoughts before the highlight reel, and then, and then you go into it and do it with, because uh, I was supposed to be already off technically by now. Uh, go ahead. Okay, okay. So I'll just give my quick little thoughts, and then you can go to the highlight reel, and then we can bring uh, Brian in, uh, which I appreciate Brian for jumping in um, on uh, the uh, football talk. Uh, my quick thoughts are, we started off so strong. I am frustrated uh, by the Sean Taylor situation. I did watch the uh, presentation. I wasn't blown away by it. Um, you know, it, it was okay. It was, um, I, I wish that there had been more for him. I appreciate the gestures that the team has done. And uh, I don't necessarily believe in all of like the hype that, you know, it's like this huge conspiracy theory. But at the same time, I think that they could have uh, announced this sooner and done a better job with this. You know, Sean Taylor is one of my all time favorite. Uh, Redskins and you know it's just it's, uh, frustrating um, you know to see this but overall you know I'm happy they retired the number uh, I want to celebrate that I don't want to harp on it too much uh, but um, uh, the game was really exciting in the first half I was really impressed that we were leading uh, but then Andy Reid made a hell of a lot of adjustments as he always does and we just uh, couldn't get anything going in the second half and we fell apart uh, to a much better team, in my opinion. Uh, so it's not like we, we were the worst team, you know, we were supposed to beat them or, or whatever. But overall, um, I was super happy with the first half. It gave me a false sense of hope. I was a little bit disappointed uh, with the second half, but I hope that the uh, football team is able to turn it around against Green Bay. Uh, they have a tough two weeks coming up here before the bye week, but I hope that they can uh, turn around. If they win these next two, it'll obviously change the trajectory of the season, but uh, it's going to be tough to go to Green Bay. Uh, but anyways, that's my quick thoughts on it. But Carol, I thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your show tonight, and um, I'll let you take it away from there. All right, Robbie, take it easy, man. Have a good night. Appreciate you taking the time to give your insight and get the Capitals talk started off for the season. And I'm about to play the quick uh, a few highlights from the uh, game yesterday and get ready to bring in Brian and we'll talk some Washington football and then we'll get in the NBA roundtable after that and finish up episode 245 of Sports on the Hill podcast. We'll be back in two minutes and 12 seconds. of Tyreek Hill, and that's happened too many times for the Chiefs so far this season. The former Chief, Kendall Fuller, in the right spot 
Kansas City comes up empty. And if he had walked out and handed it to him, it wasn't better. And Tyreek Hill for the second time in two weeks off of his interception for Washington. Down in 20, flip it. Hardman's got raw speed. Oh, he coughs it up. Washington takes over. The question, was he down? Cam Curl comes away with it. They're saying he was down by contact. Oh, that I don't ball know might about have been that. Moving. I think that ball was moving and coming out. The hustle by Cole Holcomb was man-free coverage. One single safety, everyone else manned up. Rush coming. Heineke, dump off, room to run. McKissick. McKissick accelerates to the 45. Let's not have anyone go cowboy, go rogue, do your assignment. Second of three. Heineke, wide open. Caught by Seals Jones, and he's in. Touchdown, Washington. Ross. Baseball. Mahomes lost it. And Mahomes floats it up. Intercepted. Big mistake. Bobby McCain there. I don't think you can say anything other than at this stage, Kansas City is starting to really press. And what I mean by that is they're trying so hard. Their first half scoring is at a minus 25. Mahomes deep drop. Mahomes is dunked. Chase Young. That's right. We're back. Sports on the Hill podcast, episode 245. Coming to you live from the lab. Appreciate Robbie and Anna taking the time out to do a cast talk with us. Now we got Brian Brennan coming in to talk some NFL and Washington football talk. Uh, you know, he's a Giants fan, so he pretty, pretty much probably don't want to talk about them with Daniel Jones. Throwing those yeah, we don't need to talk about that at all. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with him. I thought he was going to make a step forward, but it's like he's taking a step back. So, but, they're, they're just a mess. They're a mess. Oh. I mean, well, like I said yesterday on the, at the bar radio, you guys had a quality quarterback for, what, 15, 16 years, got you two Super Bowls. So I really don't have any pity on you right now. The quarterback <laughs> position being a Washington football team fan and the quarterback carousel that we've had here. So I just say welcome to the game of trying to find a quality quarterback for your team. Yeah, all right. I mean, the Giants are right back where they started from, basically, when they before where they had Eli. They were looking for a long quarterback for a long time, and now I feel like they're right back in that same boat that they were in. It's going to take them a while to find him, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. You know, we've been looking for over 20 years. You know, hopefully it doesn't take y'all that long. But uh, let's go ahead and get into the latest Washington football team talk. Uh, unfortunate loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Excuse me, 31-13. Game started out uh, looking optimistic that the Washington football team would be able to uh, possibly upset the Kansas City Chiefs. They uh, had a 13-10 halftime lead, forced three turnovers, a fumble, and two interceptions. Uh, had great field position, but only were, were only able to get 13 points out of the defense's strong uh Strong showing in the first half. They, uh, Kansas City had a lot of yards, but they only had 10 points, uh, two sacks, like I said, three turnovers. And they had Kansas City, you know, reeling a little bit. And 
it looked possible that the Washington football team would beat this team. But unfortunately, the NFL game is 60 minutes and not 30 minutes. And Washington only played 30 minutes. Uh, as Robbie said, Andy Reid, which is who is a great offensive play caller and coordinator and head coach, made some adjustments. And unfortunately, our guys made more mistakes than adjustments and didn't uh, just say didn't finish the game. Gave up 21 unanswered points to lose the game 31-13. Uh, Robbie spoke on the Sean Taylor retirement ceremony. I really don't have an issue with it. I spoke on it. Uh, I had uh, Gabe Taylor, Sean Taylor's little brother who played safety for Rice, had an interview with him on Friday. We spoke about it briefly. He was at the stadium yesterday. He uh, you know, was at the ceremony. Fortunately, I didn't get a chance to reach out. I was you know, doing the other shows on Bar Radio. But uh, he mentioned that, you know, they did speak about it. You know, previously it was, you know, bad execution on them with the, you know, them doing it this weekend. They didn't get the notice, but he was able to make it. So I'm not really too upset about it as most of the fan base is. And I've seen a lot of folks on social media upset about it. But, I mean, it was a great, you know, great thing. There's only, only been three numbers retired in the organization's 89-year history. So, I mean, I can say just embrace that. His daughter was there. I understand that she was, uh, you know, got emotional watching some of the, the the highlight reel that they had of Sean and his life and everything. There's also a movie in the works called The Safety. Uh, I'm actually about to reach out to see if I can, you know, get into the mix with that. They, uh, the guy that put me on with the Gabe Taylor interview, Steve Rosenberg, actually wrote the book about Sean Taylor's life with uh, Pedro Taylor, Sean's father. Uh, we've been in communication for a while, so yeah, stay tuned. I'm working on some things, trying to get some things you know, with Redskin Nation, some of the other organizations in the D.C. sports arena, so stay tuned for that. But uh, Brian Brennan, outside looking in, you know, you know, some people call me a homer, say I'm always optimistic, and I don't, you know, I should be upset with everything that's going on with this team in the media and on the field and in the history. But uh, this Kansas City game, we pretty much chalked it up as a loss. This isn't the same Kansas City Chiefs team to roll, but what did you take away from what you've seen of this game from yesterday? Well, uh, on the actual game itself, um, I mean, Washington did look very good in the first half, I thought. Uh, going into this game, Kansas City has looked kind of vulnerable this season. They had lost three games up to that point already. And in all those losses, they had just really not looked very good, especially the one to the Bills the week before. So I, I kind of did think, I mean, I didn't think WFT was going to win, but I did think that they were definitely in a position where they could compete with Kansas City. And then in the second half, Kansas City was just much, much better. You mentioned it. They, made, they pitched a shutout in the second half. Um, the defense that has been so bad all season for Kansas City really stepped up in a big way um, in that second half, I thought, and was able to completely neutralize the Washington offense. Um which just really didn't look good at all in the second half. Um, you mentioned it, 21 unanswered points. On the day they retired, number 21. Pretty crazy to think about. They scored 21 unanswered points. Um, just a, 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 tough, you know, a tough loss, but it's to a better team, and it starts a pretty tough, tough stretch for Washington football, having to go to Green Bay next week to play the Packers, who are on fire. They've won five games in a row. Uh, as far as the Sean Taylor thing goes, uh, I, I debated about this with Robbie a little bit. I think first off, I think it's great that his family is okay with it and that they were all there. That was really cool. I was really impressed that his family was able to gather like that. 
especially on such north, such north, short, such north, short notice. Excuse me. Um, and I think it's really cool that you were able to interview his brother. That's awesome, Caroline. I thought the interview was great. I'm really impressed that you were able to make that happen. Um, unfortunately, I, I just, I just can't get over the fact that this was three days' notice in the middle of a week with just terrible, bad press. I, you guys are fans. That's fine. You guys have your opinion on it. That, that's fine. But three days after a week with just nothing but bad press, to me, it's kind of, it feels kind of disrespectful to the legacy of Sean Taylor to use his name like that. And it's unfortunate. I love Sean Taylor. Having lived in D.C. for a while now, I kind of I realize what kind of impact he had on Washington fans. But I say for his name to be and his name to be used like this, felt kind of disrespectful to me, honestly. That, that's how I feel about it. I get that you guys feel differently, but that's personally how I feel about it. It felt like it was used as a way to cover up bad news, sweep bad news under the rug, or alternatively as a way to sell more tickets to balance out the number of people in the stadium because they knew there were going to be a lot of Chiefs fans there yesterday. It could be both, but that's just kind of how I viewed it. Uh, yeah, tough loss for Washington football, and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the number retirement. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> I was like I say the whole situation with the so-called bad press with the stuff with uh, John Gruden that we broke last week. Uh, even though the Bruce Allen, I really don't see how that shines badly on the organization. But with the bad press the team has received over the last couple of years, it could be a, a nuclear a bomb explosion there. Find a way to link it to the Washington football team and blame us mm -hmm. somehow. So I mean, I, I'm really numb to to all the. You know, people being upset and people being but I put the post out last week. I feel about some of Washington football team fans are like abused spouses. And what do they tell you in the abusive relationship? Get out. If you don't like what's going on with the organization, leave. Stop the negative posts. Stop the whining online. Either ride with the team and see what happens and ride. It's week six of year two of a new coach taking on trying to redo an organization that's been dysfunctional for over 25 years. And folks are getting butt hurt and upset because they're not getting instant gratification. You're not going to fix 25 years of dysfunction in two years. So, yeah, the ball is going to get dropped with some things. Things are going to get messed up, but they're moving in the right direction. You might not get the results you get that you want to get on the field. Yes, 79 season last year, they won a division. I'm starting to think that that was a bad thing because it gave folks a false sense of where this team was, including myself. But I'm also realistic and not going to be whining and crying about, oh, this is messed up. It's football. It's not an exact science. There's one team that's going to be a winner at the end of the year, and that's a Super Bowl champion. So everybody has work to do. No organization is perfect. No owner is perfect. And all of y'all folks that's on this Dan Snyder, the organization isn't going to be good until he's gone. Once again, ride with the team and see what happens. Or go elsewhere. He's not selling the team. They have nothing on him to force him to sell the team. The Jeff Bezos well, hat job for Well, I, I just I just want to catch chime in, Carol. This this investigation mm -hmm. that got John Gruden fired was an investigation originally into the Washington football team. So there could be more stuff that comes out that could force John uh, that could force Dan Snyder to possibly hopefully sell the Washington football team. That's what I'm hoping for. It's it's not going to happen because the whole ploy with Jeff Bezos and the Washington Post with the sex worker, that was their best shot at getting him taken off of it because he can get voted out for things that are detrimental to the league. That was their best shot. They took it. They tried to link Larry Michael to him. They tried to link all the stuff to him, but he 
has nothing to do with the sexual harassment stuff. Now, this other stuff with the John Gruden email, that was the Bruce Allen. Wasn't the Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder had name hasn't been linked to any of this. So Daniel Snyder is a smart young businessman who knows how to keep his hands clean and knows the law and knows the rules. If you give a smart rich man the book of how to follow the rules and not screw yourself, he's going to walk the line. And honestly, I don't have the same feelings about Daniel Snyder that everybody else does. When he first came into the league, yes, he was an arrogant dude that didn't know what he was doing and was meddling and everything and all going on with that. But now he, the last five to eight years, all he's done is been in the background. Everybody's like, he needs to stop being on the front of the camera. He doesn't know football. He needs to. Be. Now he steps back, and folks are still whining about whatever he's doing when clearly Ron Rivera is running his team. He had the first draft with no general managers to show that, hey, I'm the one making the call on these players. No Dwayne Haskins rumors that he wanted him to. No, he did. He cut Dwayne Haskins. Now, if it was still Snyder's team and Snyder wanted Haskins on the team, wouldn't that cause a problem? So this is Rivera's team. I understand the, the fans are, you know, frustrated and angry from all of the dysfunction. That's cool. I can dig that. But... Like I said, you're like an abused spouse. You say you love the team, but you swear they're doing you so bad and doing you so dirty, then get out of a relationship. Obviously, it's not for you. I know a couple of fans that definitely want to be fans of the team. That's cool. I'm not mad at you. If you don't like what's going on, that's your right. Do that. But all of this whining on social media and, you know, thinking you know more than the people that's in there that's been in football for, you know, decades, I said it once and I said, if you knew what you were doing, you wouldn't be on Facebook posting, you'll be in that locker room. <laughs> so that's just my take on it. Like I say, I've played, I've coached, I've written and followed this team for 12 years. I know I don't know all, but I do understand football. That's why I'm not on a ledge every time something doesn't go right, because I understand you're dealing with people. They're athletes. They're human, just like everyone else. They're not mad. And this isn't a video game where you push a button and they automatically do what you want them to do. Spin, juke, jump. No, these are human beings that have to work as a team in a cohesive unit all together. It takes time to build that. And unfortunately, this team is still building. That 79 record, winning the division, going to the playoffs. Might have stunted their growth a little bit because now they had his first place schedule going up against this tougher competition. And now they're being, you know, shown the holes in the team, which is a good thing because now those holes can get filled. But the problem is, it's not just the players. It's also some of the coaches. So hopefully we get that figured out also. But I just had to get that off my chest. I've been holding that in for a while. I was going to do a pop-up show <laughs> last week, but I got tired of selling cars, so I didn't get a chance to jump online. So, you know, I had to get my two cents out there. Um, and I just want to say I agree with you on the fact that I think winning the division might have been the worst possible thing. For this team, just from an, an outsider perspective, I'm almost kind of glad the Giants didn't win the division last year now because that would have put a lot of unnecessary pressure on the team. And let's be honest, outside of the Cowboys, no team in this division has looked good. I mean, WFT hasn't really looked good. Giants have looked really bad. Eagles also have not looked very good. They got crushed on Thursday night against the Bucks. I agree. I, th I feel like almost winning the division last year was a gift and a curse. Yeah, it got them into the playoffs, but almost at what cost? Yeah, it uh, gave 
playing some false hope. Like I said, I was already optimistic. I didn't take in, take that into, I think I was speaking, I think it was Dujanae or someone I was speaking to earlier, and we were talking about that. I was like, I didn't, I think it was Robbie, matter of fact. And uh, we were saying, you know, winning the division might, uh, you know, not have been the best thing for this team. And, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, we saw what we saw last week. Like I said, over and I've been watching tape from last year as opposed to this year with the defense. And it's like a totally different team. You don't see the same calls. You don't see the same aggressiveness. I mean, I know there's some pieces that aren't here that were here last year. Ryan Kerrigan, uh, I think the veteran presence is what's missing on this defense now especially with John Bostic being gone for the season. Uh, they don't have a veteran voice out there, Ryan Kirk, and even though he didn't get as many snaps as he wanted, he was still that veteran leader on the sideline and on the field when he was out there. Uh, I mentioned uh, the Landon Collins, um, Bobby McCain experiment might need to come to an end. I believe Jeremy Reeves is still out there on the free agent market when Jeremy Reeves and Cam Curl were in the backfield, defensive backfield. We didn't have all these miscommunications and blown coverages. Uh, I think it's time to get that man Reeves a call and see if we can get them uh, Cam Curl and Reeves on the field and see if we can get some of that, you know, back in coverage that we had before. Because the secondary was second best in the league last year, and you know they added pieces to make it better, and they've gotten worse. A lot of folks complaining about William Jackson and his play, you know, saying he's you know been getting penalized. He's a man corner. He's been a man corner his whole career. Now you're trying to get him to play zone with his back to the ball when he's used to playing head up, aggressive, bump and run, man in the line. So yeah, he's going to make mistakes. Yeah, he's going to be out of position because he's not used to doing that. Why would you bring in a free agent that's man and have him run his own all the time? It's it's mind-boggling. That's what that's why I feel the biggest issue is in coaching on the defensive side and him not putting these players in position to win and in position for the team to, you know, play at his best like we saw last year. So it's a uh, very, very frustrating to see the regression of this defense when we were all looking for progress. And uh, a lot of things need to be uh, answered. A lot of questions need to be answered. Ron Rivera, he uh, still seems to have confidence in Del Rio and, you know, the talent on this team. You know, it might just be, you know, giving us the Bill Belichick that's giving us a sound bite just to get it out of his face, which I don't have a problem with at all as long as things are getting handled behind closed doors, you know, some chairs getting thrown, some players getting yelled at, you know, saying, like, hey, you need to step up and play better. So I don't know. We're definitely going to see what's in store for this team. Just uh, quickly go over some of the numbers because I know uh, we have our NBA roundtable waiting in the wings. Uh, I know, uh, and Arun is waiting to be let in, by the way. I just uh, one late now. Yeah, I just checked like two seconds ago. See, he said, <laughs> I was just checking. I was trying to be on top of it. And it wasn't up there, and so I knew that was going to happen. But, yeah, I just let him in. So I'm going to just quickly go over uh, some of these stats from yesterday. I broke it down in the post game yesterday. But uh, just got to get it on the record for sports in the hill. I hate to bring up bad news again, but, you know, it is what it is. It's the football season. Like it or love it, got to root for the team. Uh, 31-13 loss to Kansas City is now 3-3. Three and three. Washington's now 2-4. Two and four. Two and three in their last five. Still second in the East, ahead of Philadelphia and the Giants. Uh, behind Dallas, who's five and one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes went 32 for 47 for 397 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, with a 90.5 quarterback rating. Heineke had another eh, performance with uh, going 24 for 39, 182 yards, one touchdown, one interception, uh, 70.7 quarterback rating. 
Uh, Daryl Williams for the Chiefs had 21 curls, carries, 62 yards, three-yard average with two touchdowns. Uh, J.D. McClissick led the team in rushing with eight rushes, 45 yards with a 5.6-yard average. Antonio Gibson had 10 carries for 44 yards with a 4.4-yard average and one fumble. Uh, they also said that he uh, will be having an MRI. He had that uh, shin fracture. Uh, I think they got aggravated. I, I thought, you know, the reason why they were getting McClissick more touches because of the fumble. It's only a second fumble of the season, but it was at a you know crucial time in the game. It's like the first one was. I was hoping to see more of Jared Patterson. He only had one carry for five yards. So with uh, Gibson going through what he's going through with his uh, injury and maybe some of the, not saying fumbling issues, but, you know, securing the ball, um, hopefully we'll see some more Jared Patterson against Green Bay. Because one of my keys to victory was running the ball to keep the Kansas City offense off of the field, which they did in the first half. But uh, Scott Turner got a little pass happy in the second half, and Kansas City got it together and did what they did. Like I said, time of possession and running the ball, keeping other offenses off of the field is going to be key in this stretch run that the Washington football team has going up against some of the quarterbacks they're going up against. Uh, in the passing game, Tariq Hill had nine receptions, 76 yards, 8.4 yard average, and a touchdown. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones led the Washington football team with four catches, 58 yards with a four point with a 14.5 yard average and a touchdown. Uh, the team had 15 first downs, were seven for 14 on third down conversions, uh, had 94 rush yards, 182 passing yards, 276 total yards, three sacks, two interceptions, a forced fumble. Uh, they only had the ball for 26 minutes. Uh, Kansas City had the ball for 33 minutes. And most of that was on that last drive, that 95-yard drive that probably basically put the icing on the game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Washington had opportunities to, you know, put a stranglehold on this game in the first half with the three turnovers, but only were able to get 13 points out of it. And uh, unfortunately, the offense uh, shows flashes, but hasn't been consistent. Uh, I feel like Scott Turner's play calling was better this game, but for well, better than for the first half, as to opposed to most of the you know games that he's called. Second half, I felt like until he got too pass happy. He didn't uh, stick with the run, didn't mix up his plays. He was, you know, like I said, sometimes I feel like I'm watching Jay Gruden's offense again. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting against Green Bay next week, 5-1, and one, uh, looking pretty good. Like I said, I feel like they can, you know, beat Green Bay if they can play four quarters the way they played the first two quarters, and they could, uh, you know, pull an upset in Lambeau. Brian, what do you uh, think about this upcoming game against Green Bay and, uh, everybody's favorite quarterback Aaron Rodgers but mine <laughs> I was I was just about to comment on Aaron <laughs> Rodgers who's just been absolutely on fire lately and what's, what's considered his last dance for the Green Bay Packers uh Rodgers has been absolutely great lately um yesterday he had a really good game against the Chicago Bears and he had a memorable touchdown celebration afterwards uh and he scored a rushing touchdown and afterwards, he started screaming at Bears fans, I still own you! I still own you! Which I thought was pretty funny. He's on fire. Devontae Adams has also been a beast all season. Um, they're going to be tough to beat, especially in, in Lambeau. I think they're still the best team in their division by far. Um, again, that's not a whole lot of competition in that division, but I think they're still the best team. It's going to be a tough game. I, like I said, I was impressed that WFT hung with the Chiefs for the first half. Um, if they can put together a, clo a 
a complete game. Like you said, they really only played 30, 30 good minutes in the game yesterday. If they can put together a complete game, they might have a chance. But I just think the Packers are on fire right now. It's going to be tough to beat them. I don't, I don't have a ton of confidence. The defense still does not look great to me for WFT. I don't have a ton of confidence in them going to Lambeau and being able to get a win against Aaron Rodgers personally. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I just see that Dujanay hit me up, and he said he can pop on real quick. I guess we can get him to jump on real quick and get go his, ahead, uh, go ahead, yeah, and get his uh, take on this game and upcoming. Uh, see, so hopefully he still has the link and he can jump on if he's still tuned in. Uh, I was trying to do a lot of stuff over here, Dujanay. Uh, I just saw you had uh, text me. Uh, send a text real quick. I don't see him popping in. Uh, yeah, the Green Bay Packers, like I said, you know I'm not the biggest uh, Aaron Rodgers fan. I feel like they could, uh, you know, he has one Super Bowl championship. That's pretty much all I got to say. They say that he's never had help, and, you know, he he uh, he's a great quarterback and all this and that. I'm like, he, he's a good quarterback, but I really can't see him as the way people, you know, put him as one of the greatest quarterbacks out there or whatever. I, I can't give him that. Do you put him in that category, Brian? You know, you're not as big as a football oh. fan as I am, but do you consider him one of the great quarterbacks of the, the, to play the game? Oh, without a doubt. I think Aaron Rodgers is fantastic. I mean, I know he's only won one Super Bowl, but I think he's – I mean, just from what he can do on a football field, there's very few people who have done what Aaron Rodgers can do on a football field. I've always been impressed with Aaron Rodgers. I, I honestly – you know, I know in Green Bay they've had a lot of great quarterbacks. They had Bart Starr. They had Brett Favre. And they had Aaron Rodgers. And personally, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably the best out of all of them like, compared to what he's done. I know I, I agree with what you said about, I mean, only one championship is tough, but a lot of guys never won any championships. Dan Marino never won a championship, and he's one of the greatest quarterbacks who ever lived. So I still think Aaron Rodgers, and there's still time for him to get another ring. Like like I said, I think this is his last year in Green Bay. They've, all, they've been kind of indicating that this is the last dance for him in, in as a Packer. But I can see him going somewhere else, like maybe the 49ers or somewhere like that, and competing for a ring. I, I, I could see Aaron Rodgers. I would not be surprised if Aaron Rodgers still ends up his career with more than one championship ring. I would, I, I would, I would be shocked to see it if it happens. Cool. But like I said, I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. That's why I feel like this team can beat Green Bay if they play, you know, better football than they did. Like I said, we saw a half. He saw the potential of what this team could do defensively when they uh when they play solid football, make the tackles, and they have a game plan that, you know, makes sense. We saw blitzes, we saw stunts, we saw, you know, we saw some man coverage mixed in and not as much zone. So I mean, we need to see that more consistently and we we just haven't seen it. But uh we got Dujanay He's busy coming off another appearance on another show, so we'll be able enough to lucky enough to get him on at the end of our Washington football team talk to get his uh, impressions of this game and uh, what he thinks about what's going to happen against Green Bay if it's going to be a, a laugher or if this team actually has a shot. You know, it's, I feel sorry. I, I have to say I'm sorry. I, I said they were going to get boat raced. Um, they actually fought pretty good, like you said. I heard you. Uh, you and Brian um, say that 30 minutes of good football. Um, 
it's still some of the same problems. Uh, I do not like that, uh, you know, it's coaches speak, and I, I don't think we can be too mad at Ron Rivera. This is who he's been through Carolina. Um, he doesn't give up a lot of uh, talk on, you know, he's not going to elaborate too much, let's put it that way. Um, but to sit up here and say you like the things that are going out on out there on the field, um, I, I don't see how you can like the things that are going on out, out there on the field. I think that's uh, I think that's a little bit um, that that's that's crap. Um, you know what's going on out on the field is pretty pretty rough on the back end, especially on the defense. Uh, some of the same things we're seeing every week. Um, I, I thought you made a great point, Carol, earlier. Uh, a lot of people coming down on Jackson. Uh, the guy's a man corner, and I felt like from the beginning. This is what we need. This is what this team needs to be doing is playing man. Um, and and maybe you need to have some packages where Landon Collins is who he is and is what he is. Stop putting that dude in coverage. I mean, we say that every week, you know. Um, I think just fans are just looking at the fact that there are a lot of things that aren't going well and they want to see change. And I'm okay with that. But they have to come to a realization that there's going to have to be some mix-ups and schemes and personnel. Just what it is. I mean, I... I don't know how you can keep banging your head against the wall and say we have, we were five good plays away, you know, a week ago. You're, you're five good plays, you know, five bad plays away from from really changing the dynamic in the football game. And I'm going to tell you, you ain't five bad plays away from Jack. Like, there's a lot going on here that's not working. And it's been that way week after week. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, I, you know, like I said, you know what people are talking about offensively, and that's fine. But I think Tyler Haneke is, is what he is. You know, um, you, you're going to get good good play, and you're going to get some wild stuff going on here and there. Uh, it is what it is, um, and you're going to have to live with it. Uh, but other than that, I think this week I have to really go ahead and, 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 and say, Turner, you, you did some things that stifled the offense at the most inopportune time. The calls were not very good. Um, in certain instances, the ball's moving, the offense moving, everything's going very well. And then the next thing you know, we're making calls on things that, you know, that just completely stifle the offense. Um, other than that, though, it is what it is. It's much of the same. Um, how do they look against Green Bay? I, if they can play how they played for 60 minutes in the first 30 minutes, you might have a ball game. Um, but Brian's right. I'm not, and I'm with you. I'm not a Aaron Rodgers guy either. Um, but at the end of the day, he's balling. Uh, they're on a roll right now. I do not. I do not believe they are as good as they are. Um, I think you must consider the play, the teams that they have played. Uh, I think this Washington team, everyone feels that it's better than what it has shown. Um, but um, I am not sure that they can win this ball game. I think if if anything, it's more like what we saw this week. Uh, it'll be close early because, I mean, the Bears kept it close early as well against Green Bay. Um, I think it'll be close early, and I think you're going to see about a 28 to 30 point, you know, pickup, and it's going to be 30 to, you know, Washington can at least score 21 points easy um, when they're going and things are hitting on all cylinders and, and you don't have, you know, Scott Turner flubbing up the offense when it's working well and running well and, and making weird calls that stifle the offense. Um, you know, this is what it is, guys. Um, and like you said, uh, I think I said it last year. Everybody's like, oh, Ron Rivera is about winning. And I did not think that was a good idea. 
Um, you got to be what you are. And, uh, you know, this has kind of come back to bite them. But I do agree with you, Carol. I heard it earlier. Uh, you made a point that um, this is also allowing them to see what deficiencies that they have. And they can address those in the drafts and free agency, which I believe they've done an excellent job of in the last couple of years. And it's going to take that. Uh, and we all know that they need a quarterback as well. But, um, you know, it's just exposing some things for them. Um, you know, Dallas is the cream of the crop of the division for now. I think they're playing spite. I think they're playing well, spite their coaching. I know a lot of people are talking about Diggs, and we talked about this on the show I just came off of. Diggs has given up over 1,000 yards in receiving yards. He's just snatching the ball out of the air uh, and getting guys because his speed, he can run some things down. Um, and that, that's it. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think the division as a whole, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are as good as they're showing right now. And I'm just going to come out and say that. Um, and I think they're going to show that they're not that good, especially defensively. Overall though, this is what you got, you know what I mean? And really, honestly, if it stays this way, if Washington can start to get it together in the end of the season, they play the division. And we know how division games go. It doesn't matter how great or how poor these teams are. Somebody can come up and sneak up and sneak a, sneak a game here or there. And I think Washington can do that if they can get it together. Um, I think people just need to chill on the coaching staff uh, and all this, you know, let's not go with all this firing stuff. This is what Washington fans love to do. They want to come out and bring out the Gatling gun and fire everybody. But this is about building. And you have to understand where you were and where you're trying to go. And it takes time and it takes take some perseverance. And right now, let's be real. You don't have a quarterback. You haven't had one. So uh, there's other important pieces, and they're going to do that and going to work their way to get there. But the first place schedule really sucks, and it hurts this team overall and as far as its growth. But um, lastly, I'll just agree with you, Carol. Um, looking at things from last year to this year, defensively, it's not the same. They're not running the same things. It's not the same. And I know the personnel's a little different, but you added some pretty cool pieces uh, in, in the overall, you know, back half that are supposed to be improvements. And I don't, I, I just think that it's a, it's a coaching thing. It's a schematic thing. It's a player thing. It, it's a whole nine yards and they've got to change that. And uh, I believe in time they will, but uh, you know, it is what it is. You just got to go with it. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. It's got to, you know, Fix was broke. Just like I said, with Dell, I mean, with the coach saying that, you know, he didn't see any issues with what's going on. Ah, that one Not buying it. Ah. <laughs> like I said, I hope he's, you know, saying that just for the media and, you know, behind closed doors, right, right. just throwing some chairs and breaking some monitors and yelling at some people because uh, right. something needs to get done because obviously what they're doing isn't working, at least not to my eyes. I don't know what they see, but not to me, it hasn't been working. But it uh, hasn't. Yeah, so I, I like I say, I'm 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 always gonna be optimistic on the football mind and say, you know, a good week of practice, some adjustments, some game planning, and this team can turn it around, but that's a lot to ask in one week. Hopefully they can uh figure something out and we can get, you know, four quarters of football. And if we get four quarters of football like we got for the half this week, I think we'll be uh I think they'll be fine against Green Bay. And uh, maybe can pull an upset, get a get a step closer to getting a five hundred, uh, because uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm tired of those double digit losing season numbers, man. That that ain't cool. But the way things yeah. looking now, eh, eh, they don't write the ship. We're gonna be looking at one of those seasons again. But uh, let's go ahead and get ready to wrap up this Washington football team talk. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to jump on, dude. Now I know you got absolutely. Sleep. 
let the folks know what you got going on this week with your podcast and the other stuff you got going on. Well, we will be doing the uh, Not Bland Show on Ghostcast. Uh, we'll be talking NHRA. The Bristol race just happened. There are two races left in the NHRA playoffs, so we'll be talking about that. Um, I'll be talking about some things that really grind my gears after about this weekend and what happened and transpired uh, with the NHRA. Um, on top of that, uh, we're going to be shooting for next week with the breakdown. Uh, we will be talking about NBA. We'll talk about the Washington football team, of course. And uh, we'll be talking about some other, you know, just fun stuff. How about the Chicago sky? You know, and um, that's pretty cool. Uh, and we'll be talking about a little bit about that, what's going to happen here down the road with the, uh, the, the WNBA and what we look forward to with the Mystics. Uh, that is it, man. You can follow me at NotBland21. And uh, love talking shot with you guys. And as always, man, I appreciate you, Carol. Sorry uh, I had to come in late, but, um, I, you know, I you know, I always try to make time when I can. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. I'm just glad you got a chance to jump on. I know you got a busy schedule, got a lot of stuff going on. So appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, you know, catch you next time or maybe next week or the next time we can get you on, man. It's, uh, yes, sir. I know about the grind, bro. I know about the grind. <laughs> yes sir yes sir alright man well, you take it easy and uh, we about to get ready to get into this uh, NBA round table with Brian Brennan in the room so they can talk about the uh, Wizards unfortunate 0-4 preseason but the season's about to start so you know preseason don't really mean nothing so hopefully they can get it together And uh, Lakers <laughs> yeah so they were 0-5 so I know Lakers fans is really saying you know oh don't worry about it it's just preseason it ain't nothing so I'm going to go ahead and let those guys break that down. I'm going to go ahead and uh, shut my camera off and let uh, Brian take it away and uh, talk some NBA and some Wizards basketball. All right. Well, before we get started with that, Arun, you said you had an Aaron Rodgers point, so I kind of want to hear that. What was that? Yeah. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I didn't start him in fantasy football this week, and I started Taylor Heineke over him. That's not a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. I guess I'm not a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> now, if I had it with my fancy football team, I'd start him. Don't get me wrong on that. <laughs> uh, just for this week. Just for this week. Because oh, okay, the, yeah, yeah. I thought this game was going to be a blowout. The Chiefs defense isn't that good. And the Bears defense. But Taylor Heineke, he, I think he's he was he's a leader, though. He's helping my teams win and hold them down. I only want to talk about I want to forget that game from yesterday. So I'll let you guys go ahead and... Uh, Talk about the Wizards. All right. All right. So um, we'll, we'll start with the Wizards preseason. Like Carol said, they went 0-4. Two of those losses were against the Knicks, I would just like to point out. Um, the game in D.C. and the game at Madison Square Garden, the last preseason game uh, for both the Knicks and the Wizards, uh, ended on a Julius Randle buzzer beater. I watched the whole thing. It was awesome. Um, but overall, an 0-4 preseason for the Wizards. Um I tend to not put a ton of stock into the preseason, um, especially because Rui Hachimura has been gone for the whole preseason as well. Uh, who knows when he's going to come back. But Arun, I, I, how much of the Wizards preseason did you actually watch? And are you taking any stock from anything that you saw? Yeah, the, I watched some a good portion of the preseason highlights. I didn't watch any of the games, but you can, from 10-minute clip, they show you all the highlights. And the Wizards Knicks game was actually the Wizards were up by double digits in yeah. the third quarter, and then they took most of their starters out. The Knicks, I think, wanted to build confidence for the regular season. Bibbs doesn't like resting the guys, and 
they were able to mount a comeback. It was nice seeing Corey Kispert hit a nice three to tie the game. But yeah. I, I don't think anybody really wants to see overtime basketball, so I'm glad Randall hit that game winner. And yeah, especially in the preseason. Yeah, and preseason um, last year, the Bucks didn't win a game and the Suns didn't win a game, so it doesn't really matter if you don't really do that well in the preseason. Uh, Beal, he got injured in that game, but maybe it isn't anything really that serious. So I don't think I think the starters look well in the first three quarters, and that's about as much as you can ask for in preseason. And even that doesn't even mean who knows if that's going to carry over the regular season. Yeah, I don't put too much stock into the preseason at all. Like, the Knicks went 4-0 in the preseason. And I get what you said about Tibbs trying to build confidence. But at the same time, I really can't put a ton of stock into the preseason because it really doesn't count for anything. The games start for real tomorrow in the NBA. And, I mean, for our teams on Wednesday. So, I, that's when I can officially start to count things, I would say. I don't really worry about what happens in the preseason. Even though I was happy they won on the Randall buzzer beater, you're right. The Wizards did take out most of their starters for a long period of the game, so I really can't put too much stock into it. But anyway, let's move into the Wizards' first couple games of the season. I'm looking at the schedule now. Uh, they actually started the season on Wednesday in Toronto against the Raptors. Uh, Raptors played most of last season, I think all of last season, in Tampa Bay. So they're going back to Canada for the first time uh, in quite a while, since March 2020. So that'll be exciting for them. Uh, they had kind of a down year last year. They missed the playoffs for the first time in a while in Toronto. Um, so they're looking to bounce back. They're actually two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Wizards in the season opener. Uh, the Wizards, um, like I said, they, it looks like they're probably going to be down Rui Hachimura for at least the first couple games of the season. He's dealing with a personal issue. He was not with the team all preseason. Um, some other uh, subtractions from the team. Just to, just to recap, everybody, Russell Westbrook is gone. Uh, he was traded to the Lakers for Contavious Caldwell Pope, Pope uh, Kyle Kuzma, and um, who was the third one, Arun? Who was the third? Uh, Mont uh, Montres 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 Harrell, right. Montres Harrell. Um, so that's a huge loss, obviously. But they also signed Spencer Dinwiddie, who I think is going to be – I even said it on this podcast. I think it's going to be a huge addition for this Wizards team this season. I remember when he played in Brooklyn, he was really good for the Nets. So I think, you know, if he's healthy – he could be a really big addition for this team. There's a lot of questions. Uh, will Bradley Beal stay? Um, will Bradley Beal get the vaccine? That's another question, of course. But, um, but uh, I think there's a lot of questions about this Wizards team. But um, I still think they have talent. I could see them winning about 30 to 35 games uh, and maybe contending for a play-in spot if all breaks right. The Eastern Conference has gotten a lot better, I would say. Um Overall, I mean, the Bulls look really good in the East. There's a lot of teams that look solid in the East. But anyway, let's just focus on this first game. Let's just focus on this first game against Toronto. Arun, what do you think about the Toronto game? Uh, the first game for the Raptors without Kyle Lowry, at least, like, like not him being injured. He was He's left to the Miami Heat, but now Toronto has Goran Dragic. And I think Toronto's a really tough matchup for the Wizards in the sense that the Raptors actually played defense really well. Uh, Wes Unseld has been focusing most of his practices, 80% of it supposedly on the defensive end. So this could be a really close game. If the Wizards win this game, it'll definitely help solidify whatever playoff chances they have. Like I kind of agree. They're kind of in the 9 to 7 seed range. Like They could miss the playoffs, or who knows, they could tank. 
or they could do really well, but I think they're probably in the play in. That's my prediction to start the season. I agree with you. I think they kind of fall into the play in range. I, I think they, if all breaks right, they could end up as an eight or a seven seed, but I think they'll have to fight their way for it in the play in. Uh, maybe against Toronto. We'll see how good. I, I forgot Kyle Lowry did sign with the Miami Heat this offseason. You are right. That's a big addition for Miami and a huge loss for Toronto because he was there for so long, such a huge part of that team. So uh, I'll be interested to see how the Raptors do without Kyle Lowry moving forward. Uh, so then the Wizards, they have Thursday off. Then they play their first home game against the Indiana Pacers, uh, who were the team, who was one of the teams they played in the play in last year. They absolutely crushed them. They blew them out and got the eighth seed in that game. Uh, this is a rematch of that game. It's at Capital One Arena. Uh, another addition for, speaking of the Pacers, another addition for this Wizards team that I do not think a lot of people are talking about is Aaron Holiday. Um, he is was I, he looked really good. In the, the one preseason game I saw, the Knicks-Wizards game, I thought Aaron Holiday looked really good. Um, and he played for the Pacers last season, so it could be a bit of a revenge game for him. What are your thoughts going into the Pacers game, Maroon? Yeah, this game is going to be also super interesting because the Pacers, they made a big coaching change with Rick Carlisle being their head coach. Yep. And, um, yeah, as you mentioned, the Aaron Holiday trade happened. But, um, of course, the Wizards traded their first-round pick to the Pacers. I believe it was a big man. And the Wizards really owned the Pacers last season. I'm not sure if it's going to be – like that dominant this game should be much closer especially with rick carlisle the big coaching upgrade he's probably um one of the best if not the best head coach in the nba so they'll pick up the defense he goes back to indiana where he led many 50 plus win teams so it'll be interesting to see the wizards this a must win game for the wizards i feel like they have to win one of these two games yeah I agree for sure. Um, it would be nice to get the win at home too. Um, first home game of the season against this, this Pacers team, which is right in the same boat as them. We talked about it, fighting for the play-in. Um, so we'll see how that, that game on Friday night goes uh, for the Wizards. Uh, they have Saturday and Sunday off. We're, I, I know we're doing a show next Monday, uh, but they played the Brooklyn Nets that night in Brooklyn. Uh, I mentioned how Bradley Beal needs to get the vaccine. Well, Kyrie Irving's right there in the same boat with him. Kyrie Irving will not be allowed to play or practice with the Nets until he is vaccinated. Uh, so the Nets are going to be without one of their key superstars for the foreseeable future. Um, I know that next Monday we'll be doing a show probably while this game is going on, but initial thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets matchup, Arun. Um, I still think Brooklyn is going to uh, beat the Wizards, even without Kyrie Irving, assuming Harden and Durant are healthy. Uh, Westbrook actually was a very real positive when the Wizards played the Nets, so I think I don't think the Wizards are going to have the all the offensive weapons to keep up with Brooklyn early on the season. Um, but it'll be good if Bradley Beal can get it going to build his confidence. And I think the slight difference between Kyrie and Beal is I think if Beal once his way out, he's going to probably have to get vaccinated for sure because the teams in California and New York are probably going to be among the teams like the Knicks, I think would be contender for Bradley Beal and, and probably the Warriors or Clippers might trade for Beal. I don't know. Like that limits a huge like portion of the contending team that you're willing to go to unless Bradley Beal really wants to go to Utah. But 
Um, yeah, I doubt that. I doubt that. I agree with you. I think the Nets matchup is going to be tough if Harden and Durant are still playing. Um, I would like to see the Nets more at full strength this year or something. I mean, it's not going to happen until Kyrie comes back. But, um, I, you know, I was kind of bummed last year when it felt like the big three, one of them was out almost every night for the Nets, whether it was Ky- Kyrie or taking a personal day or KD dealing with an injury or Harden dealing with an injury. I would like to see the Nets more at full strength. I feel like they're really exciting when they're at full strength and really one of, if not the best teams in the East. But either way, I think they'll still have enough to beat the Nets in that game next Monday. Uh, that is the first three games of the season for the Wizards. Before we turn things back over to Carroll, I want to take a look at both the Western and the Eastern Conference and kind of where you see these things going, Arun. I really think uh, it's up for grabs. I think the Eastern Conference, at least at the top, there's I'm between the Sixers, the Nets being without Kyrie, the Bucks, the defending NBA champions, and then other teams like the Knicks, the Bulls, who have improved in a lot of ways. I think uh, Miami, who got Kyle Lowry. I think all these teams, even the Celtics, I could see making some moves this year. Where, how do you see the Eastern Conference shaping up? Uh, right now, I still see the Nets as the favorite to come out in the East, even without Kyrie Irving, because they did side Patty Mills. But, and oh, yeah. the Bucks, like, they could run it back, too. Uh, they lose... Uh, P.J. Tucker, but they get Dante DiVincenzo back. The Knicks, you, that's a sleeper team, I think, for sure. Yes, it is. Their range is really high, but Kemba Walker, just like a year ago in the bubble, they, the Raptors were playing a box and one against him. And if he can be healthy, then the Knicks can do really well. But if he's not, then it could get... I don't know. Like, then they'll just be as good as they were last year. <laughs> well, well, I just want to say, Jeff Van Gundy, I thought, made a really good point. Um, I think the ESPN had a conference call ahead of the games earlier this week. And Jeff Van Gundy, I thought, made a really good point. Of course, Jeff Van Gundy used to coach the Knicks. Um, now he's an analyst for ESPN, ABC. Um, he said the Knicks could potentially get better than they were last season. Remember, the Knicks won 41 games last season. And they could have a better season win total wise but still fall a couple spots in the playoff seating because the east has just gotten that much better i'm keeping an eye on the bulls i'm not 100 percent on the bulls hype i know everybody's talking about them getting caruso and lonzo ball and demar Derozan and all that but i'm not 100 percent aboard the chicago bulls hype yet i need to see it in action in an actual nba regular season game i know they crushed the preseason but i need to see it in the regular season uh, and as far as the West goes, I, I think the West is interesting, too. Utah was the number one seed last year. They lost the Clippers. They blew a 2-0 lead. Um, the Lakers have signed a bunch of guys, a bunch of veteran-type players, including Carmelo Anthony. They brought back Rondo. They brought back Dwight Howard. Of course, they traded for Russell Westbrook. Uh, Phoenix, of course, made it to the NBA Finals. Denver is always a good sleeper team in the West as well. Golden State gets Clay Thompson back. Of course, he's still going to be a bit of a work in progress on his way back, but it's still a big piece for Golden State to have as we get back into the season. I don't know. I think the West is going to be tricky this year. How do you see it? Yeah, the Lakers trade, we have to mention that with Westbrook. I think that makes them, like, they could potentially lose early for the playoffs relative to the Lakers. I know Westbrook's great in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he was not... He's not been good the last, like, three or four seasons. And uh, LeBron needs three-point shooting. That being said, they did make a lot of good signings, like 
uh, Kendrick Nunn for the minimum. A lot of like mm-hmm. pretty interesting signings. So the Lakers could still put it together. They're still probably the favorites, but it's more open than I felt it was last year. Utah, they uh, got uh, Jared Butler from Baylor. He played with Davion Mitchell. Now he gets to play with Donovan Mitchell. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> and I think if Jamal Murray comes back healthy, then the Nuggets can be in it. Will be enough time to get it going. Probably the Nuggets will probably still probably wait probably the year after, but they're they're in the mix, and the Clippers are probably out of the mix if Kawhi's out. Um, I, I just thought of two more teams I need to ask you about. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, who just hired. Obviously, you mentioned Rick Carlisle leaving when we talked about the Pacers game. What do you think about the Dallas Mavericks, and what do you think about the Portland Trailblazers, who signed Chauncey Billups? A little controversy around that. What do you think about them? Those two, those two teams. Yeah, it's interesting because both head coaches have some controversy, but I think Chauncey Billups got even more controversy because I, I didn't even know about Chauncey Billups stuff until after they signed. He signed with the uh, Blazers, but I think. The Mavericks are more positioned to make a deeper run because Luka Doncic is really capable of getting to the free throw line. That being said, the new rules could affect Doncic's um, effect because they they're not calling those jump shots and free throws in the preseason. Yes. If that continues in the regular season, then um, they're going to have to rely on Porzingis, and Porzingis has been pretty awful, except in the bubble a couple games in the bubble against the Clippers last season. So, and Trey Burke is not getting vaccinated with the Mavericks. So they're, I, I think. Um, former Nick. <laughs> yeah. Former Nick, former wizard. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, the Blazers, I don't really think they're going to make a deep run. They'll probably be fine to make the playoffs unless Phillips is a complete disaster. But I think the Mavericks, they have the potential to go deep just because of Luka Doncic. In the postseason, he's been a little bit better than Lillard, but I don't know if like the Blazers have enough pieces outside of Lillard and McCollum. I think Nurkic is kind of overrated, like in the playoffs, anyways. And yeah, I don't. I think they're just Covington's like okay. They need another like star player, and I don't really see it for the Blazers. Like it's far getting deep, and they might be. If they struggle, they, they'll be in the same boat as the Wizards, where they might trade Damian Lillard, especially since even though Lillard and Beal came from the same draft, uh, Lillard is a couple of years older than Beal, so his windows for a championship is potentially, like, for competing for one is a little bit smaller. Plus, he's a bigger star than Beal, and he can probably leverage wherever he wants to go. He really wants that. And uh, I just want to say, because um, you brought up the new rules with the foul calls and everything and people leading into shots, uh, we forgot to mention the Atlanta Hawks, who eliminated my Knicks last year in the playoffs. Uh, I forgot to mention how good of a team they are. Uh, they went to the conference finals last year. Uh, they beat the six, they beat the Knicks, and then they beat the Sixers. So the Hawks are another team we have to keep in mind. Trey Young just gets better and better, but he has a really good cast around him. He's got John Collins, Clint Capella, Kevin Herter, who just got paid today, the UMD product. So keep an eye out for the Atlanta Hawks in the East, too. I agree with what you said about the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and uh, and I also agree with what you said about Lillard's championship window closing uh, a little bit faster than Bradley Beal's is. 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he continues to stay in Portland his whole career. He seems like a loyal guy, but we will see if he is ever willing to make that move. I know the Lakers have been rumored to go to, he's been rumored to go there for quite a while, but we'll see. He seems like a loyal guy to me. He might stay in Portland for the rest of his career. Before we turn things back over to Carroll, because I know it's been a long night. It's almost 11 o'clock. We all want to go to bed. Um, I want you to get, what is your, I'll give my finals prediction. I'm going to go with the Bucks and the Lakers. Um, I just don't. If the Nets are going to be without Kyrie, I just think that's a huge loss, honestly. I don't know if Hart and Durant, as good as Durant is, by the way, I think Durant's amazing. But if they're going to be without Kyrie, that's a big loss. I mean, and I wonder about the depth on that team. And I, Milwaukee's been there. They won the championship last year. Giannis just looks like a man on a mission. I'm going with the Bucks to win the East, and I'm going with the Lakers. I'm going to go with the Lakers to win the final. Arun, what's your finals prediction? Uh, my prediction is Nets versus the Jazz. Uh, just to be a little all right <laughs> and, or we both went a little different i like that who, who do you have winning uh probably the nuts i mean all right <laughs> all right all right all right we'll see who's right at the end of the year um and of course we'll have the whole round table back as the year goes on um appreciate Arun joining us tonight uh, carol we'll turn things back over to you all right we appreciate that uh, great nba coverage season starting on wednesday Hopefully, you know, you said uh, 0-4 preseason isn't indicative of what the Wizards team is going to be. Uh, I always say, got to have defense. You know, have defense and you're already in trouble. So hopefully they can get that remedy. They can play some defense along with some of the offensive players that they have and, you know, can maybe, you know, make the playoffs and see if they can, you know, have something to build off of. Maybe I'll start watching them again. But I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, Brian, let the folks know what you got going on. I see you uh, back in the shoes after you uh, broke your foot and everything's yep, like it's yep. back to normal. So how's things going and what you got going on in your podcast coming up? Yeah, thank you, Carol. Um, after three months of being in a walking boot, I was finally cleared to start wearing shoes again today. So that was a great feeling. Um, I, I feel, felt really good to put on my shoes again for the first time in almost three months. So thank you for bringing that up on uh, my podcast. I'm doing a, a round table this week with the rune and Tim. I'm looking forward to that. Um, as we discuss the NBA, we're going to talk about the wizards first game and the Knicks first game. Uh, we're talking about our fantasy league, which is just crazy. And has had a bunch of trades, um, lately as a rune knows very well. Um, and then I'm going to also do um, a little bit of an MLB recap. Uh, I'm not watching any of the American League series between the Red Sox and Astros, but I am very locked into the Braves-Dodgers series, uh, which the Braves have a 2-0 lead in. So I'm going to do a big recap on that on Friday. Uh, so stay tuned for all that on Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. And uh, thanks for having me out, Carol. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm watching the AL and not watching the NL because I don't like the Braves or the Dodgers. I told you this was my worst nightmare. Braves, Dodgers, NLCS. So well, Red Sox, Astros is my worst exactly. nightmare. So and it's the ALCS. So, so there tell, you go. So I can tell the World Series you're going to be rooting on the NLT. I'm going to be rooting on the ALT. We're going to be on the yep. opposite side yep. of the fences for the first time. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I saw Boston had two grand slams in uh, one, one game. And they hit another one tonight, apparently. Jeez. Wow. So I haven't been paying close attention, but I, once I saw the Braves and Dodgers, I really tuned out the NL. So uh, <laughs> I, I might have to tune into your podcast to see what's going on. Cause, yeah, uh, two teams that I like the least. Yeah, that's not good. Arun, <laughs> let us know what you got going on with your podcast. Uh, yeah, like I'm probably going to hit the NBA 
season tomorrow, probably mostly on my blog and maybe I'll discuss it in my podcast. And I have to probably do my recap of Ted Lasso for Brian also. I have some thoughts. I actually recorded my, my thoughts after each episode. I just haven't recorded my thoughts after the final episode, but I do have some thoughts about Ted Lasso season overall. Hopefully, Brian will stay tuned. I don't know. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> and, yeah, um, I'll give my thoughts about the Wizards, I think. I'm, I think they're going to do well, but the rest of the Eastern Group, that's where I'm confused. I'm going to give my thoughts about every single team I blog tomorrow, so um, stay tuned for that. So hopefully, Carol can become an NBA expert after reading my blog. Yeah, it's hard, man. You know, I'm old school to the core, man. This old school NBA, but uh, you know, with everything else picking up, I'll see what I can do if I can tune into a game here or there. Caps season starting out a little slow, so I might better catch something on Wednesday. I don't think the Caps uh, play Tuesday and then uh, what, Saturday, no Thursday. So yeah, I might tune in to watch the season opener for the Wiz on Wednesday night. Who knows? But uh, if you're watching uh, Monday Night Football, it's a very good game between the Bills and the Titans. Bills are up 31-27 with. 8.43 left in the fourth. They have the ball trying to add to their lead to try to secure the victory. Uh, I'm going against Josh Allen in my fantasy football, but I have the running back and the tight end, so I'm hoping if he does throw another touchdown, he throws it to one of them because I'm only up by six points. Um, I'm also watching wrestling. Uh, normally, uh, DC Speaker Chandler being on, make sure you check out No Spots Podcast uh, on his Twitch channel and his Facebook. Uh, appreciate y'all guys taking the time out. I'm about to get out of here myself too. Make sure you go check out the website, sportsothp.com. All the latest content, apparel lines, podcast partners, everything linked and affiliated with us. About to end the show with some independent music videos as always. Make sure you tune in to Ed the Bar Radio Sunday nights, 6 p.m. Bring you the best independent music videos, entertainment news, DC sports, other politics. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a motto. It's what we do. See you next week. I gotta wake up and go get the butt. I gotta go ahead and give her the smash. She all in the village, she giving me sex. I gotta slack, swell my ass. Hand up on a move, that's a digital dash. They bitches losing, I'm living these facts. Never go broke unless I got me a stash. I could never ever live in the past. I gotta wake up and go get the butt. I gotta go ahead and give her the smash. She all in the village, she giving me sex. I gotta
Clean one. Yo, black out, you know, I'll have them get a black out. I think I already know one. That's good. Come and tell us I'm a one. Anything we say, I'm a put on my fresh. Me day, but try on my put on my done. Image a crime for someone. She lying if she tell you she fine, cause she tell me I dumb. Look what I got on in a TV press. The pain of me make every neck a ton. If you know your mind, you got style. Your brain just check out to fly when you're done. She won't forgive me, come a fresh, me like some chili I'ma beat it for you, never been in the Philly But me got a girl a Philly, can this girl If she got secret for you, Valentino Wanna pop it, it's a bottle, I see rockin' on me And I just saw God, I'ma team it They a hotty fuck, daddy, mathematic up in on me And I'm in no great disgrace, got the killer Them out and bad, anything me see I'ma me put on me fresh Me day, me try on, me put on me done Image a crime for some man, she lying If she tell you, she fine, cause she tell me I dumb, look what me got on in a TV press if you know your mind, you got style, you blind, just check out, don't fly when you're done. Dress up in a penny, feel me, girl, look like Wendy. My Bible won't cross me, trendy, nobody don't let me. My nigga, them, they bought me right, and my girl left me, not a spot in all this spot. Like, what you, what you tell me? I'm me a scorpio fool, I'm not gonna take the bully, man, now you won't talk to me, nigga, them call me psychopathic. She a dance fan, body, Mr. Gala, stuck him, and I must come when me call me quick, if move on. Anything me see, I'm me put on me fresh. Me day, me try on, me put on me done. Image a crime for some man, she lying, if she tell you she fine, cause she tell me you're dumb. Look what me got on in a TV press. The pain of me make every neck a ton. If you know your mind, you got style, you blind. Just check out to fly when you're done. Yo, Jadon. Yo, Lucky Six, Ashley. Yo, Sosadan. I think I already know one. Yes, yes, that's cool. That's cool, that's cool. Alisa, big up herself. Yes, yes. Anything me see, I'm me put on me fresh. Me day, me try on me put on me done. Image a crime for some man. She lying if she tell you she fine, cause she tell me I dumb. Look what me got on in a TV press. The pain of me make every neck a ton. If you know your mind, you got style. You blind, just check out, don't fly when you're done.
Take a promise, I give it some love, I make a wish, I promise to, you know you gotta get it right, you know you gotta get it right, every little thing counts now, every little bit of change. Just to celebrate all the love and not the hate that's going down. It's gonna stop. We've had enough. But can we just live together? Peace, love, and harmony. This world is A few years ago, I told myself I'd be the next big thing in the industry. See, the game is simple. Life has its way to show us that anything is possible. <laughs> the power of the tongue, which has the ability to be detrimental or beneficial. Was it beneficial? I'll leave that one up to y'all. This is my story from me to you. Listening to this song right now, I'm speaking specifically to you. I want to give you my testimony, tell you a little bit about myself, <laughs> if you don't mind. All right. Uh. Coming from nothing, but a little struggle. When the opposition got sprayed up Trying to see a sunny day All I get is rainy days Screaming free my dogs and the loved ones Who ain't here today Yeah, I miss you Just wanna kiss you Wanna hug you and fold you Won't forget you All my life I've been misunderstood 
poverty, but that's all inside of me. Used to cry myself to sleep, but strong I gotta be. Now I'm on TV, gotta make it out the street. Troubled child turned his dreams to reality. See, I knew that I would get there all along. Listen to the words of the song. This is my story. Street, man, I never forget they told us we was bad, always getting in some shit, breaking windows from throwing rocks, but we was just being kids and smoking at the park, coming in after dark, rolling with dumb thug niggas, reckless with no heart, sexing on them, hood rats addicted from the start, trapping and catching cases, ghetto life is so hard, coming from a broken home, left me all alone, neglected as a child with nothing to call my own, but now that I'm good, now that I'm paid, I'm shining, everything is okay. Heartbeat goes by 